Hello, everyone, and welcome to Privacy Tech Talk, the podcast where we talk about privacy technology. My name is Carlos Chalico, and I am here with my co-host, Fahad Yuan. And we are very excited because we have a very interesting guest today. Fahad, who do we have today with us? We have the co-CEO and general counsel of Anonymous, Gary Lefever. Gary, thank you so much for being with us here today. My pleasure. Look forward to it. So, Gary, I think in many ways, you and I have a similar background. You know, we're both lawyers. We're both entrepreneurs, except, you know, you were a successful entrepreneur. You worked at white shoe law firms. And now we're in the data privacy space. How did you get here? What's your background? What's your story? What brought you to privacy compliance and privacy technology? So I started off in technology first. So my undergraduate degree was in computer science, management information systems, spent a couple of years with Accenture. And I'm old enough to remember when the internet was something that people didn't talk about yet. But the impact that it could have on distribution channels and all kinds of things really just amazed me. And so I decided that I would go to law school so that I could bring both my technical and my legal perspective to the table. And then I practiced for 10 years. And since then, I've been working with companies that are really at the intersection of law and technology. And so that's how I got to where I am. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. And that's that's very interesting. You know, going a little bit to your background, the combination you have on IT and law is a very unique one. And we need a lot of people in the world with that combination. And based on what you were describing and the things you have done, I can think of you as a passionate and a specialist on data management. And let me ask you something. This is some sort of a game we do in every single conversation. And I want you to think of me as your favorite five-year-old nephew. So I'm coming to you and I am asking you, what is it that the nonos do? How could you explain? How could you respond to your five-year-old nephew? Sure. We provide that data that you need or that information you need that you want to use and no more, no less. Most privacy and security technologies are still fundamentally premised on protecting data when it's at rest, so when it's not being used, but you want to protect it, or when it's in transit, when it's in movement. When the data is actually being processed, the approaches to protecting data are all still premised on an outdated concept of a walled garden or a protective enclave, however you want to talk about it. And our technology actually embeds the controls into the data so it can go anywhere you want it to go. We have nine different privacy enhancing technologies that are available in the same product, Data Embassy. And which one you use for each use case depends on what you're trying to accomplish, who your users are, what jurisdiction, what the ob objective is. And, and so it is a platform that has these different capabilities so that you get the best of breed. And so what are these nine tools that you mentioned that Anonymous has? So first and foremost, you are able to process clear text because there are certain circumstances where you want clear text processed, okay, without question. But it's the option that you only do it when you have the right to do it. And then clear text with access controls. Then you get into cohorts and clusters, okay? Masking, anonymity, tokenization, generalization. We use those, but then we add synthetic data. And then the real powerhouse is actually something called statutory pseudonymization. And I put the word statutory in front of it because most people think they know what pseudonymization means, but they're really thinking of tokenization, replacing direct identifiers with static replacement pseudonyms. The, the GDPR and, and now five U.S. states and other international uh, South South Korea, Brazil, et cetera, they've heightened the requirement for the pseudonymization that it's actually a very high standard. So it's it's those that we combine. And 
through those all, we have an output that we call variant twin. So when you ask me how I would describe this to a five-year-old, right? You come to me, you ask a question, I'm going to give you the data that you need and nothing more. That is a variant twin. It's a variation of the digital twin, which is all the data related to that person, place, or thing. But I'm only giving you what you need and no more. And next time you come to me with a different question, I'll give you the variant twin that answers that question. And by giving you variant twins that are use case specific, they can actually travel anywhere and they have much less risk of data misuse or abuse or, or misappropriation. And so Data Embassy is the software platform. We use the nine different PETs that I mentioned and the output we call variant twins. So it is literally a real-time de-identification engine. And by selectively revealing only the data that you need at given times, you significantly reduced security issues, breach issues, ransomware issues, but more importantly, because those are all negatives, you're significantly increasing opportunities to share combined process data in ways that expand the opportunity. And by the way, it also happens to be lawful. Thank you, Gary. Let me ask you something. When should a company think of using your solutions? What should be the triggering event or the triggering idea for them to think of using Anonos? It's generally with advanced analytics, okay, where there's no way the data subject or consumer individual approved what you want to do because you couldn't have described it in advance, right? Artificial intelligence by its own term means the machine is determining what to do with this data. So I couldn't have gotten consent. That would be legal in many jurisdictions to do it. And so when you want to do advanced analytics, that's oftentimes when you would need something like this. But also when you want to share and combine the data, either between different divisions within a company, we work with pharmaceutical companies. They want to be able to compare the outputs of different clinical trials, right? Or with other legal entities. Then you get into using service providers. It could be as simple as a cloud provider, or it could be, say, an outsourced analytics provider. When you want to monetize your data, that's either near term by selling the data, but in a privacy respectful way that's lawful, or longer term by using that as kind of the impetus for new discoveries, whether it be in life science or medicines or whatever it might be. And lastly, when you want to enhance your data, when you want to be able to take the data set that you already have and add additional elements to it from third parties, but you don't want those third party data sets to actually taint your data. Perfect. Thank you. And Gary, you mentioned pharma, you mentioned IT service providers. Are there any other industry sectors where you can find your clients commonly? Yes. Yeah, so it, it tends to be highly regulated organizations, okay, that are already used to it. You know, it's interesting that the GDPR and other privacy laws, I think, are making almost all data intensive uh, industries regulated, but they're not used to it as much. So pharmaceutical life science is a big part of it. They're used to the restrictions and they're looking for the ability to have greater insights by combining data. Um, automobile. And both in the manufacture as well as the leasing and servicing of them. There's a lot of intertwining between the personal data and the non-personal data that's involved. And you want to be able to make use of that. And even web content providers, because of the changes under the GDPR and otherwise, they want to be able to provide that data in a way that they know is lawful. Telecom, et cetera. So it tends to be companies that are already highly re regulated. They're looking to monetize their data assets in a way that is above reproach. So um, I'm envisioning, I'm trying to envision the professional that would be using your technology within a company. Who is your target user? Is it lawyers? Are they technical people? Are they other compliance professionals? Who is your target user? Um, you know, it's a great question because the way we look at it, there are different stakeholder groups. 
And the way I would look at it is who's your primary beneficiary of our system. And that's the chief data officer, the chief information officer. They're now getting the results they wanted. They, they previously were given a no to. But then you step back from that. And that's usually the buyer of the system. Okay. Then you have other groups that have a, a stakeholder interest in what happens. One is IT. Is this secure? Is this going to expose us and or restrict and reduce the exposure I have to, to hacks or ransomware attacks or other security issues? Um, and then you have the actual privacy legal the legal department is a, is a huge user and beneficiary, but in ways they didn't think was possible. As opposed to a bespoke evaluation of each new data use that comes by, they actually can use our system to select different modules, combine them, and say, look, if you're using this combination of different data protection techniques, we're good. You can pump as much volume through that data as you want, and we're good. If you have a new data use, come to us, and all we have to review is how this is different on an exception basis. So our legal teams that we work with have discovered that it actually helps them to automate much of their subject matter expertise, which reduces the time necessary to approve and review different use cases that are brought to them. Thank you, Gary. And I don't know of many companies that are doing what Anonis does out there in the market. I have an idea of a few competitors that might be offering parts of what you offer. But in any case, what makes your company unique? So, you know, with the use cases that you identified, you know, imagine a buyer is now going out to the market and looking at Anonis and looking at your competitors. Why should they pick you over them? Yeah, it really comes down to where do you want to use your data? And are you willing to confine where your data is used to enclaves, protected walled gardens, et cetera? If you're willing to have your data used in only restricted areas, there are other people who do something similar, which is protecting data when in use, but you'll find that they do so by degrading the accuracy or relevancy of the data. The real question is, do you want this data to be able to flow wherever it wants to flow? Okay, which includes cross-jurisdictional bounds as well as different divisions within the same company, different legal entities. If you want your data to flow and still be able to process it in a way that has embedded trust, we are literally the only company in the market that does that. And we have 26 granted international patents on how we do it. Wow, that's incredible. Gary, thank you for sharing that. What is it that you see coming? What do you think are the trends for privacy as a sector, privacy as a technology, and how do you think Anonos is going to be taking those trends? Yeah, it, it's a fascinating question, great question. I think it really comes down to the cloud. As much success and progress has been made in cloud computing, from a statistical perspective, it's still well under 50% of all data processing is done in the cloud. And you can't ignore the economies of scale, the access to expertise beyond that, what's in your own organization, et cetera, that are available via you know, infrastructure as a service, platform as a service, software as a service. And so that's a huge economic push. But at the flip side, you have the security and privacy detriments that come with that. And so I really do think it's, it's harnessing the economies of cloud computing but in a way that's not only consistent, but supportive of what the newer laws like the GDPR and, and I will call them the follow-on copycat you know, state laws in the US and elsewhere through the US are trying to accomplish. And so rather than pushing against the cloud, it's actually pushing into the cloud and providing means of protecting data in motion during use in third-party ecosystems. Can you please provide our listeners with some final words 
It could be about Anonymous. It could be about the industry in general, and also some information on how they can get in touch with you or your company, please. Absolutely. And this is targeted specifically to the privacy legal community, right? Those stakeholders who come from the privacy legal perspective, for the most part, are tired of saying no. And their budgets are being limited, constrained because of economic times. By embracing this approach, where you're creating use case specific outputs that have the controls embedded, and that in fact enables greater utility and innovation, you actually can show that it's not a cost center, it's a profit center. We have clients that have shown us that we provide in excess of a 16 fold increase in productivity because projects can be approved in 25% of the time, and they're able to get four times as many projects approved. When you can go to your C-suite and say, look, I can reduce the risk of data breach. I can reduce the risk of, of infiltration and ransomware attacks. I can do that in a way that actually enhances and increases your business opportunities and show you a positive ROI. You get a very different reception than when you go in and talk about just trying to prevent problems. Uh, you can reach us at anonos.com. That's A-N-O-N-O-S.com. Or you could reach me directly on LinkedIn, Gary Lefevre or Gary.Lefevre at anonos.com. Love to talk to you. Gary, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to meet with us and speak with us and sharing all the cool and innovative things your company is doing. Thank you. It's a real privilege and I appreciate the opportunity. This is for our listeners. If you have ideas, if you have recommendations on what you want to listen on the podcast, please, please let us know. You can reach me on LinkedIn as Carlos Chalico or Twitter as Carlos Chalico as well. Fahad, what about you? And you can reach me as Fahad Diwan or on LinkedIn or Twitter. I just want to say the podcast is produced by Sofia Perez. Thank you, Sofia, for that. Thanks, everyone, and talk to you soon.